Here we go. Breaking news. Uh, mm -hmm. A shakeup in the front office for the Jets. The franchise has fired GM Mike McKagan and Vice President of Player Personnel uh, Brian Heimerdinger, according to our Adam Schefter and Jeff Darlington. Interesting timing coming just a few weeks after the draft. The new head coach, Adam Gaze, has been named interim GM. January 11th, 2019. Adam Gase introductory press conference when asked about control of the 53-man roster. Uh, for Adam, Rich Samini, ESPN.com. Uh, Adam, in Miami you had control over the 53-man roster, which you won't have here. Why would you agree to the setup the way it is here? And secondly, how do you think it could impact your coaching? Yeah, I was, I was good. I, I, don't even, I don't even think I asked. I didn't, that was not something I was really interested in. Nice! You know, that's just kind of how it worked out in Miami. That was was something that was really almost offered up of we think this is the way we should go and in Miami and and here I, I didn't even I didn't even ask I, I, I just knew coming in here it was going to be a, a team effort nice. to make sure that I do my part which is which is coach the team do everything I can to help bring in good players and when my opinion was asked give my opinion Deceptions. and that's really that's that's what you're looking for. You're looking for that kind of collaboration. Are you ready? Can't win. The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans. Are very passionate. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans. Very passionate. Brady sucks. Dolphins sucks. I want an unbeliever. Everybody and welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios, nestled in the bosom of Putnam Valley, New York. My name is Keith Fowle. I am joined, as always, by my colleague and co-host, none other than the number one Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Lagaris, everyone. Hmm. What's good, everybody? And the man behind the glass, the myth, the legend, the big stinking Wookiee, former Division One tight end, the majestic beast, Nicholas Kronk. Ladies and gents, thanks for being here. Got a good show ahead. So you heard the audio at the beginning there, Mike, and uh, we've been in the league for 60 years, the Jets. Long time. You know, in, our, in 60 years, Mike, there's 32 teams in the league now. Jets, 27th best winning percentage of all 32 teams. You know, so you're like, all right, there's, there's something to file away in your mind. Mike, we've made the playoffs 14 times in our entire existence as a team. You know, we have 37 losing and or 500 seasons in our entire history as the Jets, okay? So, of all the teams that date back to 1960 when the AFL was created, we have the least amount of wins than any team going back that far. We went through 1987 to 1997, one winning season that whole entire time. This is my life I've gone through. Okay, we had Bill Parcells as a coach, Mangini, Herm Edwards, Rex, Todd Bowles. We hand the baton off left and right. I'll give you an example of what being a Jet fan's like. 2004, the Jets were 10-6. 2005, we're 4-12. 2006, Jets 10-6. 2007, 4-12. That's what it's like being a Jet fan for my entire life. All these ups and downs. Could be a Bill Parcells as a coach. Mangini, Herm Edwards, Rex, Todd Bowles. We hand the baton off left and right. That go on and on and on and on and on. And you finally think 
You turn the page. You finally think your team is going in the right direction in 2019. 4-12 last year. But, Sam, the best QBR in the league last month. We might have got the next Aaron Donald. And Williams got a steal in round three, potentially. We signed C.J. Mosley. We trade for Asamelli. We, we we get Jameson Crowder. Robbie Anderson we re-sign. Henry Anderson we re-sign. We have Chris Herndon. Last but not least, we signed Le'Veon Bell to the Jets. One of the best running backs in the league, dual threat game changer, 27 years old. We only guaranteed him $26 million. All these things occur, and people are like, oh, Jets, maybe eight wins. Maybe the Jets get nine wins. Yeah. Sanchez went off out of his mind, said 13 and 3. All these things, you finally feel like you're going in the right direction. And then today comes. Okay, and you get the news that the New York Jets have fired Mike McCagnan, and the interim GM is going to be none other than Adam Gase. Someone that's not even fit to get hired as the coach of the New York Jets is now the interim general manager and by all accounts, push Mike McCagnin out. Now, Mike McCagnin on our own show, we've discussed this. The drafts have been subpar. But Mike brought out some stats. Apparently, most GMs, he's, he's right in the average level. The past three years, we get Sam. We get Williams. We get Adams. We sign Mosley. We sign Bell. Finally, has a good offseason. Right. He gets pushed out because he has a personal problem with Adam Gase, a coach who is fired from the Miami Dolphins for a whole bunch of reasons, but mostly because he rubbed every single person in the organization the wrong way. Okay, let me get let me give you some quotes, Mike, that came out when Gase got canned. This is from players that were on the Dolphins. Okay, they complained that Gase didn't necessarily stick with his own game plan. He'd be in the middle of a game and change the game plan. Gase would get frustrated if a play didn't work. It would affect him for the rest of the whole quarter. He wasn't level-headed. He would lose it in front of his players while the games are going on. He alienated players because he had his own favorite guys. Guys like Kenyon Drake sat on the bench, didn't even play. Did you, did you, did you, did you know about the story with uh, Ross, the owner? What actually happened there? Oh, I, I'm, I can tell oh, you. Oh, I'm going to get into that because you oh, know, yeah. his current players questioned his schemes. No identity as a team. When he gets canned, Jarvis Landry and other players take the Twitter to celebrate it, which you never see happen when someone gets fired. He refused to give up control of the 53-man roster when Ross approached him, the owner of the team, and told him, this is not working with you picking the personnel. We need to move on from that. They get into an argument that had to be separated. Jesus. This is the well, owner well, of the well, team. Yeah, well, wait, wait, wait. So, so yes, and that happened. But previous, and this was just reported out. So, Ross... So there was a problem with the offensive line and the defense, and Gase decided to invest in the defense and not go after upgrading the guards. Ross called him on that, brought him in his office, and Gase yells at this man saying, you don't know more about football than me. And they had to call in uh, security guards or, or personnel to to bring hold Gase back or bring him back and be like, you can't really talk to the owner that way. But he was scolding the owner, telling him, you don't know anything about football I know where to put the money in, in regards to the team. This is the type of human being who now has captured our team. And this is the guy who is a proclaimed quarterback guru. Right. Offensive genius. The Dolphins offenses were ranked 24th, 25th, and 31st when he was the coach of the Miami Dolphins. This is someone that had control of the personnel on that team, had a problem with the with the, the owner even asking him to change his ways, maybe right. have some more input from other people. The Dolphins are the least talented team in the NFL right now, Mike. They have the longest odds to win the Super Bowl of any team in Vegas right now. They are power-ranked last in the NFL right now. He just left them. He just left that team, and we hand the same exact job to this guy who has no credentials, 
No credentials to do this job at all. He was 23 and 25 as a coach. They went 10 and 6 his first year. And their offense stunk that year. 24th. They were lucky to be that good. Their defense was 29th. They went 10 and 6. That's called getting lucky. After that, he went 13 and 19. Then he got canned. He wasn't cultivating relationships with players in any way, shape, or form. And there's no one else, no one else to blame on this, Mike, besides Chris Johnson. Oh, no, there's another person. It's called Mike McCagnin. Hey, Mike. Hey, when you were uh, interviewing Mr. Adam Gase, did you not kind of let him know your long-term vision? Did you not say, yeah, you were planning on bringing on Le'Veon Bell? <laughs> and we're planning on signing C.J. Mosley. We're trying to, we're going to be going after these players. Did you not, like, talk to this man before picking him as your guy? Because what you did is you were that old lady that found the dead snake. You know that thing? I heard this on one of the podcasts just recently. They said, you know, that the, ner- the old lady nurses the snake back to health and then the snake bites her. That's exactly what just happened. Because he just went and stabbed him in the back. We have he no idea st- if... Th- that doesn't make any sense what you're saying. I have, I have, I don't think for one second Mike McCagan had anything to do with hiding Adam Gase. You know how we know that? He got fired three months later and Gase is still here. So when Chris Johnson chose to fire Todd Bowles and keep Mike McCagan, and then all of a sudden, three months later, four months later, Mike McCagan's out the door and Adam Gase is still here? You think he had you think he hired? You think he had anything to do with the, hiring? I don't think so at all. I don't think that's for the, a second. That's the thing. That's the thing. Reporting says that he had input, McCagan had input on picking Gase, and Gase was his choice to be the coach. And if you want if you want to go ahead and believe that, that's fine. What I heard today from Chris Johnson in this conference call with reporters, Mike, led me to believe something different. Let me, I don't know if you heard this or not. This is somebody who said all of a sudden, after being involved with the Jets since 2017, he decided to last six months. You know, I, I really got into it. I really invested my time in the Jets, went behind the scenes, got involved in everything. I was sitting there during scouting processes and watching film and this and that. This moron, Mike, let me let, answer this question. How is Chris Johnson, whose great-grandfather sold Band-Aids and baby oil and Q-tips, how is he equipped to sit in? on meetings about NFL football players and then make decisions where he cans the general manager but keeps the coach. And his explanation is that, you know what? You know, I just felt it was right for the team. So you didn't think that two weeks ago when we we had the NFL draft? You didn't think that a month and a half ago when we went through all of free agency and you let this person pick all the players we signed, everybody we drafted? If he's taking ownership over this, if he's saying he's the one who made this decision, then what you're saying is we're an absolute joke of a franchise who had no idea what we're doing. He makes no, he, he makes no sense. He makes no sense because he says, uh, it was reported by Rich Samini today that uh, Chris Johnson said the main, one of the main reasons why they fired Mike McCagney is his inability to make firm and decisive decisions and then uh, communicate those decisions down after he made them. And what gets me is that you're saying that at the time when you fire Todd Bowles, that it wasn't clear to you then about the decision-making. But now, it's clear. Now, after Mike McCagnin had one of the best, quote-unquote, off-seasons that he's had since he's been here. Since he's gone through free agency. Since he's gone through the draft. You went, th- this man went and built, like, here's the thing that, that gets me, uh, Keith. This is the thing that gets me. Successful organizations... Successful organizations have a North Star. They have direction. They know where they're going, right? And then after they know where they're going, they have synergies around that direction. All over the organization going towards a direction, right? And then from there, you get growth that grows from those synergies that are going towards a direction. This franchise 
can never understand where the where it's going. They don't know. They're always changing things up. And the thing is, Chris, if you wanted another GM, do it before all of the offseason. Why you would do it now is absolutely because Gase got you to believe in his vision, not Mike's, and now you're going to go and get the GM that he wants to bring in so that he has control of our team, which is what he wanted from the start. And what gets me mad the most is that he's deceptive. Gase just said five days ago, oh, I'm so irritated. I'm so upset that these stories came out. Bullshit! You know I think exactly he said he was pissed, Mike. Pissed was the word he used. Yeah, he, he couldn't have... He, he knew exactly what he was doing. He was going behind his back. That's why I'm trying to tell you this guy, uh, uh, Joe Douglas or whatever, from the, the that had a relationship with him with the Bears. This is going to be probably our next GM. That means he already had this in the works. He already sold this plan. He would not have let go of Mike McCagney if he didn't have another uh, uh, backup. You don't get rid of a GM in the middle of... Right now, that's crazy. So... That Gase has been conniving, sneaky during his his interview. He said, "I didn't want any, you know, I didn't want control of the." Roster. Oh, Mike, we played. You know, we played it right at the beginning. Uh, 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 the fifty three and all that stuff. We did, yeah, yeah. It's bull, but it's bullshit, and that's why now anything Chris Johnson says. What did Chris Johnson say recently? He said uh, in, in March he said that oh he's been doing such a good job, Mike McCagden, and I like to see that he, you know, I like to see his vision and that he's on the same page with Adam Gase. We all know that's a load of crap, man. So anything that Chris Johnson says, anything that Adam Gase says, I don't believe it. These guys are liars like Tom Brady is. And I've gripped Tom Brady about lying. How can I do that now when my coach and my owner are both deceptive and liars just like And Mike, we haven't played a game in 2019 yet. We have not played a single game with Adam Gase as our coach. But what do you think most Jets fans' opinion of him is now as far as just... His ethics as a human being. This is the guy who's going to be leading our team onto the field every week. Forget about, forget about the press conference where he looked like he was withdrawing from heroin or something. Forget about that for a second. Okay, forget about that for a moment. Forget about the the bad record coaching the Dolphins. Forget about the lack of being able to communicate with players. Forget about all of it, Mike, for a second. When it comes to Adam Gase and it comes to the New York Jets, what qualification does he have to do this job? Mike, what qualification does he have to push anybody out the door. He sat down in the press conference, and like you just said, Mike, he was deceptive, which he was. He he was couldn't have been a bigger jerk than he was no. last week to the reporters. And that's the pompous, arrogant douchebag he is. When we hired him, we had a podcast. Yep. What did I say? Yep. Mike, what did I say? Well, what's I didn't obviously I didn't know this craziness would happen. All I said was Everything you hear from Miami is he gets along with nobody, rubbed everybody the wrong way. Now you're going, Miami has six beat reporters. You're coming to New York? Are you, are you kidding me? I mean, the people there from like the Binghamton Times asking you questions. It's like, and now all of a sudden this idiot wants to stare at his feet, not speak to reporters, be a jerk, have an attitude. They ask you a question. The question they ask him, they actually end up being right about. Right. 100% accurate when they asked him, and he's a jerk. His press conference is down, says, I want nothing to do with the 53, man. It's all about working as a team. If, 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 hey, look, hey, guys, if someone wants to ask me my opinion, I'll give, it to I'll him. give him my two cents, but I want to work as a team. That's what he said. He sat there and said that. Three months later, the GM's out the door. Gone. But you, you want to know what the worst part about this is? Is that, you know, the best player that we have on offense besides Sam Darnold, 
or even better than Sam Darnold, you can argue, is Le'Veon Bell. And Le'Veon Bell was the reason why Gase and McCagnan started this rift in the first place because he did not want to pay Le'Veon Bell. And then he has the audacity to leak this. Adam Gase leaked this to the media that he didn't want to pay Le'Veon Bell. Number one, why are you doing that? How does that help with chemistry? Now, let me just say, Le'Veon Bell is the bigger man. I don't know if you just saw the tweet that he put out, but he said, Le'Veon Bell says, and I quote, even if reports are true, that won't stop me from doing what I came here to do. Everyone has a job to do, and I'm going to do mine whether people like me or not. I'm here to win football games. That's, that's what I'm talking act. about, Lev. Because that's Mike, what I'm talking about. That's somebody, even though he went through all his non... Like, you know, Mike, he went through the situation with the Steelers where he tweeted out and said to a bunch of people he just felt unwanted. So then... Now he comes to the Jets, and what does he feel now immediately from Adam Gase and the Jets? The same exact... Yeah. When we sign him, he feels wanted. He feels great. We give him the money. Everything feels wonderful. Yep. And now it's like, no, we, we didn't want you. We, I, I, didn't, I didn't want you. You're the coach and team. I, I wanted nothing to do with you. That's great. Somebody who was, you know, to a degree temperamental with the Steelers, right? right? Comes here, hasn't played a game with the Jets yet. We've already somehow done our best to ruin this. The one thing he hammered home was feeling unwanted. And now this happens. No, like, and that's why it blows man. my mind that McCagnan would not have run this by Gase in the hiring process. He would have said, hey, guess what? We're going after Le'Veon Bell. And I would have hoped that either Gase would have been like, uh, I wouldn't agree with that or I would agree with that. You would want to kind of know and make sure that your coach is going to be on your same like vision, on the same length. And one of the things that Chris Johnson said before he let him go is he wished there was more synergies between uh, uh, Mike McCagnin and, and, and Gase. But, so there was definitely a rift there. And now, you know, Sam Darnold, what's Sam Darnold thinking? I got drafted into this? Le'Veon Bell, I'm joining this? Like, we just turned the corner. We got new uniforms. We have a new vibe. We're supposed to be the Jets. The Giants are on their backs. The Giants are on their backs. Zion's not coming to New York. We, the city is ready for us. And we just fall on our face. We fall on our face. This is your time. Why would you do this now? I can't, I can't Keith. I don't know. It ain't easy being green. I can't, it's an understatement. How? How can we keep dealing with this shit? I tell you, there's an and easy way to fix this. There's a very simple and quick way to do this. Hire Gettleman? You, no, 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 please. No, 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 no. I think, sometimes I think Gettleman... And, and your boy Gase are in cahoots. <laughs> um, between the water Gettleman drinks and the eye Googles that, that Gase had in the interview, that's yeah. ridiculous. But easy way to do this is, all right, we're getting all this backlash. Oh, boom, Adam Gase is fired. Well, now, we, now we go on, now we go on a, a coaching search. Then, course, then, then what happens is you seem like, in this, now they have to go mm. in this direct. There's no way around it now. I, 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 if what what you just said actually occurred, it'd be the great. I, I'd be like, you have more respect for 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 Chris exactly. Johnson. Exactly. If that happened. Now. Exactly. But yeah, I want to I want to throw something at both of you guys. If say wherever you guys were working, someone got hired there, and the track record of the person who got hired was well, well, they used to work. They kind of had problems with everyone, and they might have sort of seemed like they knew what they were doing, but everybody thought this person was a jerk. They come to where you work now, and the same person we're talking about, and some other person 
have some type of dispute. The common denominator in this is the person who's been a jerk the whole time. Person, yeah. If you come into a new environment, coming from somewhere where everyone just said that you rubbed them the wrong way, you didn't get along with people, you had no ability to connect with players, right. apparently you screamed at the friggin' owner of the team, and then you come to the Jets and you hear there's a personality conflict. And Mike McCagden, we could he has many warts, Mike, we're going to talk about his track record in a moment, but... I've never heard one single time that he had a problem getting along with a coach or any player or anybody, Mike. No. I've never heard that about the dude. He seemed like, in interviews, um, you know, pretty easy to get along with. You've never heard anything bad about him. Reporters, you know, he's, he was very protective and when he spoke. Didn't give you much like most general managers. Right. But his personality wasn't abrasive. No. He wasn't the one you ever heard didn't get along with people. You heard that about Gase. Then he comes to the Jets. Are GMs gone immediately? It's just... I mean, in that situation, like I'm saying, the common denominator is Adam Gase. Adam Gase in that yeah. situation, so I can't give can't give it the benefit of the doubt. Like um, in this situation, in, with Gase in any way, you can't give him the benefit no. of the doubt. It's not someone that, especially no. just coming from the Dolphins and what he just did there. He left the team in complete, absolute shambles. And then all he did when he was down there was make excuses and said he didn't have the talent. But he was in charge of the 53 man roster. So what are you talking about? Makes no sense. Like think about what he what he says when he left there. Yep. He wanted control of the roster. He screamed at the at, at the owner about it. But then when he leaves, I, I you know I didn't really have the players. Well, you picked the goddamn players. You what are you control. talking about? Yep. I mean, it just and this now this guy now this egomaniac snake in the grass is not only the coach of our team. He's going to be de facto the general manager of our team. This situation is a similar situation to what's going on in Oakland. The difference is John Gruden has a track record of success in the NFL with two different teams. He doesn't have that Adam Gase. His track record says, oh gosh, you know what? One year when he QB coached Jay Cutler. (laughs) Jay Cutler wasn't as garbage as other years. Oh great. You know that? That's like nothing. That means nothing to me. You've done nothing in this league. All that happened was that Peyton Manning called Chris Johnson, and we hired Adam Gase. That's what happened. You know, and it just seems like that's the way this went. And now, because of that recommendation, we're just we're just running with this. We're, we're just all in on this. You know, it's like, get the psychopath. We're going to let him have the train. Go as fast as you want. Do what you want. Don't worry about the tracks. Who gives a crap? Just do whatever the hell you want. It's like, you know why your team... To so many people, becomes a laughing stock. To so many people, becomes the butt of jokes. Even if you have modicums of, of success here and there, it's when you make stupid decisions. It's when you do things that are just absolutely head-scratching. Because yeah. almost all the time, in sports, when teams do things that make no sense, right. they usually end up making no sense. Yeah, They don't end up being, oh my god, that was genius. <laughs> right, It's so genius. They went with Adam Gase and Can, their GM. Who, only Chris Johnson saw this. <laughs> Crystal ball. Everybody else who's mad about it, everybody else that doesn't get it, all these other people that are like, what are you doing? Players that were on the Dolphins that laughed when Adam Gase got canned because they were so happy. All these different guys, they're sitting there like, what the hell is going on? Mike, I sw- I'm going to pass out right now. I am. I need an oxygen tank. I might have to go smack my grandma around and take her oxygen tank. <laughs> yeah, well, let, let's... Uh, let, uh, so, so, what, so, look, look. So, getting into McCagnan. So, Mike McCagnan, get this one. You, you're going to laugh at this, Keith. Mike McCagnan finishes the Jets' tenure with a 37.5% winning percentage. The exact same winning percentage as John Isaac. Yeah, well, I understand that, but 
so you got to look at last year. We kind of gave them a mulligan as like a rebuilding year. So kind of it kind of threw things out of whack. But I, I do know what you mean. His winning percentage wasn't great. And Mike McCann and Mike on this show, on this very show, me, you, and I, we talked talk to CJ Carlos. We weren't endorsing Mike McCagnan by any means. Absolutely not. But once you go through free agency and once you once you go through the NFL draft and you go, oh my God, you know what? Even though Mike McCagnan has whiffed in certain areas over the X amount of years and had some bad picks and had some bad free agent signings and we are no better than we were X amount of years ago, now, on paper, though, we're in the right direction. Yeah, of course. We cleared all this cap space. We were able to sign all these guys. We yeah. drafted Sam. Okay, and Mike McCagnan didn't hire Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles was hired before yep. Mike McCagnan. I don't believe Mike McCagnan had anything to do with hiring Adam Gase at all. So basically, he's, he's been a lame duck GM the whole time. I mean, he had a spotty draft record the last couple of years. You know, we had some hits. You know, we have Sam, Adams, Williams, Mosley, all these different guys we got. I mean, undrafted free agent signing Robbie Anderson. You know, he had a mid-range grade with the draft, like you said, Mike. But how does he get fired now? Like yeah, yeah. I uh, know. I'm, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna recheck to make sure the sources because uh, from Rich Samini and 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 um, Manish Mehta, the, I believe that Gase was um, his pick. But you, it, it it could be that it was Chris Johnson completely, and it may be that Peyton Manning called, and that's why they went with him. But I, I could definitely get back to you to make. Well, sure I'll tell you what today. Besides today on ESPN yeah. Radio, Donald Craig almost had a heart attack oh, screaming God. about Peyton Manning was basically running the Jets, and that's the only reason we hired Gase. So, I mean, the sentiment to most people is that that I mean, Adam Gase, Mike Adam Gase, was not even spoken about or in the running for the Jets coaching job until the day before, and then he got hired. Yeah. So when we act like, and when we act like, oh, that was the guy the whole time. Why? 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 Why would that possibly? No. Why? I, I said it at the time. I'm saying it again now. I'm not changing what I we said. We heard nothing about it. Why would Why would Adam Gase even be interviewed by another team? Right. So there's theories. There's theories going around. Well, number one, I told you Joe Douglas from the Eagles is a guy that they're looking at because he and Gase have a relationship from the Bears, and he has a very good track record, everything like that. But there are rumors that I was re- hearing on social media and asking around that um, Peyton Manning's name is being floated around as a GM candidate. Now, I would, I, I don't think I really would be happy with a move like that, but whoever comes in here, this is all I'm going to say. I, I don't believe in Adam Gase, but all I know is I want, I want there to be a relationship between a GM and the coach, and I want there to be synergies, and I want there to be... A, a balance between the two and then have a good working relationship, whoever it is, right? Because that's the only way you move forward is that that people in organizations agree on a direction and they both, they all work together as one unit. So whoever they bring on, I hope that that person works well with Adam Gase. And Adam Gase has brought all the pressure on him, all of it. And he's betting on himself. And if he wins, if he wins, great. That's going to shield all of the criticism. Nobody's really going to want to talk about all this. He could maybe he'll he'll look like a hero if they win 13, 14 games. Congratulations! But if they lose, he's going to get he's going to have hell to pay. And they're gonna I'm going to just ask that they fire every they they rip the whole thing up and start Mike, over. can I ask you a question? How yeah would and I understand the running back position in the NFL? It's different now than it used to be. Okay, you, you guys get drafted in the second and third round, and they're productive. I totally understand that. 
but how many Le'Veon Bells are there in the one. NFL? And one. You say, okay, well, maybe Saquon now. Saquon can catch, Saquon can run. There's okay. not many teams that Saquon, have that one guy that can do it all. There's not, there's, as far as guys that you know are like receivers and yep. can run, not many, right? None. Um, not, not many. And all. Mike, where did we rank last year, the New York Jets, when it comes to overall talent in the NFL? We were one of the lowest teams in that metric. Okay, so, exactly. So we clear all this money out, we go into the offseason, we don't have any offensive weapons that are dynamic, and we're supposed to trust that Adam Gase goes, ah, we don't need Le'Veon Bell, let's get a second-rate running back, I'll be able to make this work. Because with the Dolphins, you did that, right? Right. Because with the Dolphins, you were so creative offensively, (laughs) your teams were absolute dumpster fire garbage offensively. When we played the Dolphins, Mike, we were like, oh, they're not. And we lost to them plenty of times, don't get me wrong, because we're not good. You know, how many wins do we have in the last three years? You know, 14 wins. So who cares if they beat us? But their offense was trash. You know, and you never did. They're never, never once did you go, oh, we're playing the Dolphins, man. They got Gase. They're going to they're, they're gonna really out-scheme us here. You know, no, it's never happened. No one's ever said that. There's only one thing I could say, Keith. There's only one thing. The fact that, that I could say that could be a hope. The hope is is that ta- that Tannehill is an absolute scrub, and Gase could not run the, his system through him, and that he'll be able to do it through Darnold. That's the only thing I can tell you. As everything else, there's nothing else I could point to that could potentially. Wait, wait, we have. Can I just can I just throw some out to the ABG audience? We actually ran a contest this week, oh. and Twitter handle Black Hole Six Twenty Seven is actually at. Crystal Lake Studios, why don't you sit down, Dan Scampoli? He wants to respond to something you just said. Um, Dan Scampoli, owner of the Pork Chops, please go ahead. But that was Gase's guy. That was, Tannehill was Gase's guy that he went to bat for time and time again, where he said he was going to be this great quarterback, and he was stuck by Tannehill. That was his guy. While, while Drake got zero carries and... Gore was running crazy when Drake's sitting on the bench. He's got Tannehill out there, and he keeps backing him when everybody knew that Tannehill wasn't a good quarterback. I think Darnold is going to be a good quarterback. So the only, so the only, so the only hope that I can say again, and I don't disagree with anything you said. The only hope I could say is that he could not run his offense through Ryan Tannehill, and he'll be able to do it through Darnold. That's the only thing I could look at and possibly say. Like, I don't disagree. I don't disagree with what, he, what Scampoli's saying at all. I'm saying maybe he did believe in him, but the guy couldn't do it. He didn't have the tools. Maybe Darnold does. Let me tell you what worries me. Let me tell you what worries me. This is someone that, for whatever reason, wanted to devalue our running back before yeah. the season started. For whatever reason, he wanted to do that. Last year on his team with the Miami Dolphins, like Dan just alluded to, Kenyon Drake was on that team. He asked for a trade. The reason he asked for a trade is in his career, Mike, he averages 4.7 yards a carry. Okay, that's over 300 carries. That's that's actually enough carries to realize the guy's really good. You know who that's the same yards per carry as, Mike? Ezekiel yeah. Elliott. Adrian Peterson. Okay, he finished 2017 off Drake, 400-yard games in a row. Killed it. They traded a guy. He went berserk, Drake. Then last year started, and Adam Gase is like, nah, I'm just going to use you as a receiver. You know, I'll throw the ball to you here and there. And he had less carries last year than the year before when everyone's like, dude, this guy, when he gets the ball, it's ridiculous. They they finish the game off versus the Patriots, flea flicker. Who gets the ball? Drake, seven yards, touchdown. You know, these are the things that concern me. If it's a coach who thinks he knows better, I don't really care what the numbers say or how talented this guy is. I'll put this lesser guy in. Maybe he has a personal issue with someone who doesn't play the guy because of that. And if you're already devaluing our running back before that, are we going to be in a situation where... 
Le'Veon Bell, Mike? Could this possibly happen? That he doesn't get 20 touches a game? That he doesn't get the ball thrown to him five or six targets a game because Gase just wants to run his offense a different way? Could that possibly happen? I don't think he's that stupid to do something like that. I think that he's going to use the talent that he has on the team. I think he didn't want to pay for Le'Veon Bell, but now that he has Le'Veon Bell and Le'Veon Bell has the guarantees and has actually more guarantees of being on the team than Adam Gase does because he has guaranteed money over the next couple of years. Um, I think he'll absolutely use him and use him for everything he can. Adam has to win, and he knows he has to win. And if he's smart, if he's a smart offensive guy and he's a smart genius, well, guess what? You better win these games. now. Listen, it's put up a shut-up time with this man, and Chris Johnson just made a big old bet on him. So you know what? The results are going to show in 2019. If we go out... If we go out next year and we lay an egg, or we go out last next year and because of the dysfunction that's occurred before the season somehow affects us in the season, Mike, oh. we're not as good as we're supposed to be, oh. then he needs he needs to go. Oh, we're going to be screaming. We're going to be, Keith, we're going to be screaming. By week seven, eight, if things are awry and the locker room and people are mad and leave we're gonna we're all gonna be look, the Jet fans don't play, bro. You know with Isaac, we had blimps flying in the sky telling him to be fired. Jet fans are already tight, okay? New York fans don't play with this BS. So we need results immediately. This isn't wait, okay, you know, we need this man needs to come in there. Sam Darnold needs to show progression. Okay, and this team is going to have to win games. There's no reason that we open up against the Jabroni Bills with that running back quarterback called Josh Allen and that scrub team up there in Buffalo. Like you said, the Hills have eyes, and we take care of business. That that's end end of story. Week one, you lose week one, immediately we're all over you. Like immediately. You know what's funny, Mike, is that when Gase goes to Buffalo. And they're sitting there, and they're just surrounded by mutants, and just disgusting, just absolutely horrid buffalo women that are going to be in the crowd there. Um, he'll actually his vis- his visual with the eyes and everything, he'll fit in. He'll fit yeah. in very well up there. Yeah, he's used to but I just I just don't get some of his decisions last year with the Dolphins. I don't get how he was our coach to begin with. I don't get how this all happened. I don't get how you don't want to have Le'Veon Bell on the team if the Jets only Mike. He's only guaranteed in this contract twenty five million dollars. Okay, that is like. Half to more than half of what get experts, quote unquote, said he would get in guarantees. Right. His total contract with incentives comes out to sixty million, and his incentives are like make a make an all pro team, make a get to the Super Bowl. Agree, and that's what I'm saying, Keith. That's what I'm saying. I already disagree with his direction. Look, he just traded Darren Lee for a 2026 round pick. Why? Why did you do that? Darren Lee would have was one of was one going to be one of our better coverage linebackers that you could have utilized for a cheap price in certain sub packages, but you just traded him away for nothing, pretty much. You could have done that at the end of next season. You didn't have to just. You could have used him next season for value and then just discarded him as a sixth, seventh round pick. But you just decided to eject him just now to flex, like you told me before. He had to flex on his first day. His first day, Gaze is like, up oh, interim. He's like, he goes, I'm only going to be interim for a week, maybe a couple days. Let me get a trade in on my first day. And Mike, <laughs> Darren Lee was making like a million and a half dollars. That's it. Guys. Like, what the hell did you trade him for? What the hell? Here, here's what. Here's- At this point, why would you trade him now? Here's what makes you worry. I'm a Raider fan. Here's what makes you worry. The fact of the matter is, Gase is in charge now. And what happened in Oakland with Khalil Mack leaving and Cooper leaving, they weren't his guys. 
Sam Darnold isn't his guy. Le'Veon Bell isn't his guy. So when you, if you start off struggling, his first thing is going to be, well, you know, we got to learn the offense. And after the season, if it didn't go well, you're going to look at, you're going to see the things that Gruden was going through where all of a sudden people start getting shipped off because they're not his guys. And this is one of the things I'm most worried about is that how does this affect Sam? You know what I'm saying, know, Mike? Because we, like I said, he we just it's like we planted him in the ground last year, and he just sprouted the blood, out the butterfly with the green wings. Exactly, the butterfly, the wings, all the things, Mike. And he's just evolving, and he's floating around right now in the atmosphere. Like, <laughs> and instead of it being lovely weather out, Mike, and nice, it just got overcast. It might get rain. You might get you might get rain to the ground, butterfly. Oh my god, Mike, this is this is rough. We want we want we want him to turn into Mothra. You know what I'm saying? And, and crush Godzilla. And all that. <laughs> <laughs> all Man. I know is let Mike Mike in a quick in a quick span last night with Zion oh, and then God. this morning with this it's just it's, it's been tough it's, tough, it's been a tough run it's a tough run for us New Yorkers man you know they're still talking about that Daniel Jeremiah actually coming in yeah he you yeah they're, so what they're talking about is bringing in Jeremiah with Douglas so Jeremiah would be the VP of he'd be like pretty much Brian Heimerdinger and they would bring them both in, you know. And I'm a little better with that. I'm not good with Daniel Jeremiah being the fucking GM. No, hell no. Yeah, but Mike, Mike, even though it's still a... Here's what I'm not okay with. And it's the same thing that happened with fucking Gruden. You're not okay with it being a coach hiring a GM. Yeah, I'm not good with that. Chris Johnson said is, today in the conference call is. that Adam Gase... He said today in the conference call that Adam Gase was going to be involved in the decision-making for the general manager. The general manager of the team, of an NFL team, is the boss of the coach. In the pecking order, Mike, the pyramid that leads to the owner, the GM is above the coach. Yeah. Last time I checked. Yeah. yeah. You know, unless you're, unless you're Bill Parcells or Bill Belichick, or you're one of these great, amazing coaches in the history of time, or, or you're John Gruden that has a resume enough to call your own shots, which Adam Gase has the complete opposite of. You know, you know, you're not shouldn't be put in this position at all. So he's going to bring in one of his own guys, right? And the the main name that we're hearing right now is Joe Douglas, who currently is the vice president of player personnel for the Philadelphia Eagles. Have you looked into this guy yet, Keith? Uh, I don't know anything about this dude at all. All right, so this dude he played an integral role in helping construct the Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl winning roster. Um, they they captured their first Super Bowl, you know, against the Patriots. We were all very happy about that. Prior to joining the Eagles. Douglas spent 15 years with the Baltimore Ravens, and he was instrumental in acquiring a number of key performers for the Ravens throughout their Super Bowl run. So some of the players that he got was Joe Flacco. I mean, obviously. Joe Flacco sucks. Whatever. (laughs) Don't don't bring Joe Flacco up on this podcast ever again. He's garbage. did bring CJ, but get this, he brought CJ Mosley. No, but hold on a second. Hold on a second. Uh, this guy's never been brought, a general manager. No. So was, when we say he brought in, he he was this. He was the main personnel scouting. He was the right hand man. Mike, Mike, Mike. The guy who's looking something. for talent. He was. He was so. What he yeah, did. Yeah, but teams was, have fifteen of those. And and when no, I like were, the same the like, same thing when they hired McCagnan. Remember when they hired McCagnan, Mike? He was the super scout who found JJ Watt. And then you're like, wait a minute. Well, he was an assistant. And there was a general manager, and there's like a bunch of them. So I don't. I, I'm not. This is his credentials. I'm not shooting down his credentials. Like I know this is what you have, but these are the type of things that when I get my resume out, there's a potential chance in my resume. I may or may not stretch a few things. 
Some things might get stretched to sound more amazing than they ever actually were. And what you're doing now, me, sounds like that. You're someone sitting down for an interview telling me things you didn't like. I don't buy it. I'm not buying it. I'm not, well, I don't think... If this guy was so instrumental in every single thing you just said, he'd be a GM already. Well, all I can say is this. He was around two Super Bowl winning franchises. He was very instrumental in regarding the, the player personnel. You don't think he's going to be a yes man for Gase? With the Philadelphia Eagles. And he was around the Super Bowl teams winning with the Baltimore Ravens. So what I can say for sure is that he has seen how it's done to actually win championships and build franchises. So it's good to have somebody who's been around winning organizations. Now, he has had a relationship with Gates through the Chicago Bears. And that's where they know each other and like each other. So is he going to end up being a yes man for Gates? I would suppose that's exactly what he would be. But I do know at least that one comforting thing that I could say if you're looking for a silver lining is he's been around winning organizations and has seen the acquisition of talent for those organizations. Yeah, but winning organizations don't hire a coach, then a GM, which is what we did with Todd Bowles and Mike McCagnon. Okay, and then we don't then hire a coach like Adam Gase that obviously was hired by the owner of the team since he canned the general manager three months later and said it's all him. I doubt Mike McCagnon sat there and was so... Just just the way that it evolved with Gase. How it came out of nowhere and you heard Peyton Manning called Chris Johnson. He didn't call Mike McCagnon. Right. Okay, so that was the Chris Johnson hire. So the, the way we've done things, the way we've operated, it's not the way winning franchises operate. It, it, this is what this is why this is a debacle and this is why we we, we look like complete absolute buffoons of a team cuz now you're going to ha- now you have Gase, Adam Gase involved in the process to hire his own GM. Because Chris Johnson thinks, oh, they should work in synergy together, so we should definitely have Adam Gase involved in choosing this guy, who's then going to be, obviously, an Adam Gase puppet, so he's de facto the general manager of our team. We have no qualifications to do that to begin with. So whatever else this guy did, wherever it was, um, he'd be a general manager of a team to me if he was great. If he's going to jump at the opportunity to come to the Jets just like that, it obviously was worked out in advance, and he knows he's going to be a patsy for yeah. for Adam Gase. That's, that's how I look at this entire and Gase, situation. And Gase sold him a bill of goods. And he allowed himself, Chris Johnson, to be wooed by this man. And he believed in his vision over McCagnan's vision. And he made the choice and said, we're going to go and do it Adam's way. Even though Adam has done nothing, nothing, to afford that type of respect. So now, get on board, guys. We're going to have to go on the Adam train and see where the hell it takes us. Because... This franchise is the New York Jets, and they have been a joke and a circus and just an absolute debacle my entire life, as you so eloquently stated in the beginning of this podcast. And now we're going to have to sit back and see, and the only thing I could pray is that Sam Darnold continues to grow, that Le'Veon Bell will go ahead and produce, and we'll go out there and kick butt. Look, if we win 11 games, 10 games make the playoffs, Keith, you and I, I I'm not going to say, I'll be like, okay, cool. Let's continue to do well. You know what I'm saying? Results are what speak for itself. So, you know, at this point, we're just going to have to see what's ha- what the hell happens, man. Yeah, and I just want to send a special message out to Le'Veon Bell and let you know, don't even listen to this clown that we have as a coach. Or have that be in your head at all. New York loves you. We're stoked to have you on the team. We haven't had an offensive player as good as Le'Veon Bell since Curtis Martin, Mike, going back forever. 
He's the best guy we've had on the team offensively as a weapon in forever. Every Jet fan was excited that we got him. We got him for a price with only $25 million guaranteed. That's a steal, considering what yeah. people thought we'd get him at. So I don't understand having any problem signing him at all. So, And we know he's going to be good next year. And we know no matter what, he's still going to shine and do his thing. So I just don't want him to be down because we have this moron of a coach who's trying to, for whatever reason, just get out there that's negative. It makes no sense to me. All right, so that was another amazing edition of the Ain't Easy Being Great podcast in the books, Michael. And if anyone wants to get at us, listen to us, tweet at us, communicate with us in any type of way, how can they do that? Well, you can find us on the Elite Sports Radio Network. You can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spreaker.com. Please follow us on Facebook at AEBG.JetsRadio, on Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ podcast, and on Instagram at Jet.AEBG. You heard the man on behalf of Michael Lagaris, the big stinking Wookiee Nicholas Kronk, Dan Scampoli. My name is Keith Farrell. This was the AEBG podcast. Sign out for this week. Peace out. Are you ready? The New York Jets will beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans. Are very passionate. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans. Very passionate. Brady sucks. Don't be the sucks. Don't want a number leaver.